0: presented the idea that and his analogy we spelt out was that in order for just like for a spiritual being for a spiritual being to be part of the the world that we're in he has to assume a physical form he has to assume a physical form. Is there someone at the door? No,
1: doing
0: no. no. help. Th- I think it may be Akiva. is coming.
1: Oh, Akiva. We
0: yeah. give oh, you doing? Three knocks. Someone Yeah, there's a reason for that. Um, <coughs> so there's a, there's a... Just leave it open for Akiva. So there's a... There's a, there's a, there's a in order for the Torah to be accessible to us in our physical form, it too has to take on physical form. But the fascinating about, thing about the way the Maral presents his description of Torah is that he says the content, the information of the Torah is not the Torah itself. The information is simply the clothing. The Torah itself is some kind of, for want of better words, an energy. It's an energy force. And that energy force has such a powerful uh, light, Fire, heat to it. That if we would be exposed to it in our normal state, it would completely uh, destroy us. So it needs to be, it needs to be clothed. It needs to be put into a, into a constricted form, so we can make it. Exce- so we can get access. But if we think that the Torah is the end point of the Torah, the Zohar Kodesh, the Maral brought used a very powerful language if we think that the, the essence of the Torah is the ideas, so it says TIPACH RUCHEI the spirit of the person is destroyed which is seemingly very harsh but it points out the crucial nature of this idea that the process of learning Torah is not an informational academic process it's got nothing to do with intellectual prowess as an endpoint. Rather, it's a mechanism of creating an accessibility to a higher world. And the way you can access the higher world well, it depends on what you're trying to do. You could do it through prayer or you could do it through Torah. Now, David HaMelech, Nefeshachim brings this down, David HaMelech dovens. He dovens for something. Now, David HaMelech wrote to Hillim, if you want to connect to the Creator, one would think that there's no better way of doing so through Tehillim. The passionate pleas of the um, psalmist as they call out for connection to the Reboenish Olam are so, so deeply, of the, uh, deeply expressive of the yearning of the soul to connect that one would think if you want to envelop yourself in the divine light there can possibly no greater greater way of doing so than through saying Tehillim. So Dov'l-Melech has a prayer. He wants, tf- he wants to heal him. He wants to heal him to be as powerful. He wants to heal him to be as powerful as the study of nagoim and It's two extremely complex areas of shas. That's his prayer. His prayer is that to heal him should be as powerful, meaning that for sure. Studying the Goim and Orlois, these very descript, these very detailed areas of Shas, for sure, that is the highest level. But, please, Creator, allow to heal him to approximate that level, and there's no clear answer given as to whether they accept the request was accepted or not. So now, you think when you're learning Gomorrah, That you're simply trying to gather information about a Zorigetl Ishtoi. And you think that's where it ends? No, no, no! That's the very beginning. The more your mind is focused and active in processing the finer parts of the Shakal Tyre of the Gemara, the greater your potential. And the greater the accessibility of the divine light is.
1: When, when you learn and you memorize and you understand so that you look through all the portion and you see the, you see the or lack of terrors. Like what? What's the what's the next point? I mean, you know, someone wants to learn, who just just for the sake of learning, so you move on. It sounds like you would never. I don't
0: know you know you're in the city, you say practicing how does it work yeah. how does it work practically in other words I'm sitting here learning about so I don't do, do I feel do I feel the spiritual connection you know I'm pretty sure uh, if a person sat and meditated for two and a half hours on some deep mystical concept after that two hour meditation assuming he knew how to do it well and he did it properly he'd walk away saying wow something happened Something happened. When we walk away from a turn off our state of Gemara, do we go, wow, something happened? Yeah,
1: usually. Do you? Just like after you do a good work.
0: Okay, just like after you say that. In other words, there's nothing specific about the fact that you've spent time doing Gemara. In other words, when you put yourself into any strenuous activity, even if it's mentally strenuous. No, but it's a
1: sense of accomplishment.
0: Sense of accomplishment. But it's not, it's not, if you went and you meditated for two and a half hours, you wouldn't walk away with a sense of accomplishment. You'd walk away with a sense of, I experienced something beyond. There was something transcendent about what happened to me just then. And now, the study of Torah is meant to be the ultimate sense of transcendence, and yet the experience that we have of Torah seems to be way, 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 way distant from that. That's where the problem lies, to the degree that people actually find it hard to believe from an experiential point of view, that the study of Torah does that. If I say to you, you, know, you can go to the Khoisa Maravi, you can davenate, and you can pour out your soul with the most beautiful language and feel that sublime connection to the Creator. And you can do that for three hours straight until you completely feel yourself melting into nothingness in the awe of the Mighty One that stands all around you and in front of you. Or you can get a better shot in the second tosis, the Fidha Maharsha, So you'd say, well, they're just incomparable experiences. One is a spiritual experience and the other one's an academic, an intellectual experience. And now the whole thrust of of what we saw, what we learned, was that Torah is not intellectual. Granted, you use the intellectual faculties to grasp it, but when you're grasping it, essentially that's just a handle, that's a clothing. What you want is what's inside that, the neshama. Just like, just like, now this is quite interesting. If you look at it in the following way, when you build up when you want to build up a relationship with a person, you want to develop a closeness. So one of the ways you develop that closeness is when people when you talk, when you communicate. And you get to understand where the other person's coming from. And the better you understand where the person's coming from. So maybe that's maybe that's what Tori does. I'd like to leave it open. I'd like to, just as a brief aside, I'd like to see a couple of shtiklach in the of Melio about Shavuos and Kabbalah's Atoya, which will hopefully uh, open up our minds to what we're going into and what we're experiencing. Um, we're, on, we're in the Mikhtav Melio, base, Beis, page 36, and uh, um, the, the piece is entitled Kabbalah's Atoya Be'Pnimius, and it begins with the words Hamasim Mavatim. Says we have Tesla. Mevatim is Actions express the inner level of a person. This is a very important point. He says, actions express the inner person, and good thoughts, desirable plans, that a person doesn't succeed into bringing into fruition, is an indication that they're not reflective of his true level in spiritual standing. Meaning, person says... You see many times people have got high and lofty spiritual aspirations and if you say to them, Well, you know, what are you gonna do? They say, Don't worry, I'm gonna not speak Loshnara, Davan at twenty minutes much straight, etc. 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 And it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. So that means that the thing, the intention, the plan that they have doesn't isn't in sync with who they are. Okay? Um But the obligation is to purify the heart. In other words, if we work on making ourselves better, not by doing, but by influencing the inner being, so that will automatically bring about the actions. It says in the the Mejish Tehillim, the Pasek says, and when you do video when you confess, v'oizev, when you leave the sin, Yerucham, then you will be, have, Hashem will have mercy on you. So the Medrash says, Umideh al-menas If you confess on the condition to leave, then you will be looked upon favorably. She admitting to the truth, what colloquially we call fessing up, um, she <coughs> which is the essence of vidui, <coughs> if it will bring to a change of behavior practically, that it's coming from a real place, then it will bring the mercy. And the actual act is simply a declaration of the true intention. The heart, the essence of a person, the inner workings, is really where the person's at. And the way you judge it is by seeing what part of the person actually comes from potential to reality. So he says that there's different values accredited to different acts which can't be witnessed by the external eye, but they have to have an internal evaluation. If a person sees the truth in his heart, and he desires only truth, he shows of, and it becomes the root of his acts. Actions, then he'll approach what's called a mitzvah. L-shmah. But if in his heart of hearts he doesn't value the truth, he wants honor, he wants desire. of Those desires will be this, the, the root of his actions and that's but from an external perspective there will be no way of recognizing the difference and the second is very far from it, so now I discusses this very important point, which is something which we all have to deal with and, and look into ourselves and I was having this discussion with someone I say to the person, like if I look deeply inside myself, I mean, I don't mean to be hard on myself, but I'm just stating the, the truth. What what pulls me, what motivates me? So I think probably one of my deepest motivating forces is my it's quite pathetic to admit it to you, but it's that I just uh, I'm looking for, I'm looking for being accredited, I'm looking for approval. It's called the, the deepest I covered, search for honor. What pushes me? In other words, I want people to appreciate me. I want to, someone to say, you're fantastic. I want people to val- value me. And that's what drives me. So w- why, do, why do I give a share in Yesheva? Well, because it's a great, it's a fantastic position for that. In other words, people have got different orders of priorities. Some people are after money, some people are after time, and some people are after COVID. It happens to be that, for me, money isn't as, as a powerful driver as COVID is. If it would be as a powerful driver as COVID, so, so then I'd be in business. I wouldn't be in teaching. But teaching is a fantastic setup for COVID. Because it's a, it's a no-lose situation. You put yourself in a position where automatically you're in a position where you will be valued because everyone knows less than you. It's not because you know a lot. It's because they know less than you. You compare yourself to a peer, so then you know less than him. So you don't. You compare yourself to people who are in the level of knowledge are in a, at a disadvantage. So that's a way of guaranteed COVID. Covered. So what drives me is I need it. That. Now that's really pathetic. That's really pathetic. It's pathetic because it's not intrinsic. It means, well, what am I? If, if I'm worthy of the COVID, so then I am. And if I'm not, I'm not. What difference does it make if someone comes off here and they go, oh, wow, that was a great share? It should make Zero difference if a person after this year says that was possibly the most stupid and disastrous thing I've ever heard, or if a person says that was the best thing I've ever heard. In terms of my internal reaction to that, it should be absolutely zero. We say it should be the same because it is, it is, what well, it is. It's as good as it is, and it's as bad as it is. Well Because someone comes and pats me on the back that makes that, that makes it better or worse? You follow? Covid is a pathetic thing. Covid means that I have no atmosphere, I have no sense of self. That my sense of self is dependent on him. If he says I'm great, then I'm great. And the minute he changes his mind, so all of a sudden I'm nothing, so then I'm pathetic. I'm a, I'm a non-entity. So that, Sorry? External. It's external. So I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling. I'm trying to find a deeper sense of self that where my sense of worth is not externally driven. It's intrinsic. You follow. So I was saying this to someone just yesterday, and they responded to me by saying, you're aiming too high." Every time, everyone needs covered. Everyone needs covered. It's a basic human need.
1: You said that I one of
0: your Hundred percent. It's a basic human need. If you take away a person's covered, they'll cease to exist? There's nothing to live for. Cover is my, my worth. If I'm worthless, then why should I continue? I'm absolutely worthless. There might be
1: respect. I mean, even if you don't honour a person, you, you respect towards this person. So there's still something to live to.
0: That's a question but the point I'm making is as follows so let's say so now the point that I is is bringing out is as follows so now can you guys tell I've just revealed to you my secret I'm trying to work on it hopefully I'll get over it I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it I'm, no, I'm trying to get over it I am trying to get over it I'm trying to get over it and I'm trying to I'm trying to get to a level where, where I'll, I'll not be able to be hungry for praise I'm looking for a place where I won't be hungry for praise and, and try to like, So it's so pathetic and I realize it's pathetic so I want to go beyond it, but Lameisa, if I wouldn't tell this to you, and I would rather present it a different perspective to myself, do you know what the truth is? The thing about me is I love Torah and I love teaching Torah, and therefore that's what I'm doing over here. I find myself a place where I can express my deepest desire to share Torah and Hashem with others, and that's what motivates me and that's what drives me. So you'd buy it, you'd buy it in a second. One is lishma, one is Shiloh lishma. In other words, even though I want covered, but the truth is maybe I could find covered elsewhere, right? I don't have to find COVID in the, in the, in the context of, of teaching Torah. Find COVID in doing something else. There you go. So, so why did I look for COVID over here? No, because there's a big component which is, I do want to teach Torah. Do you understand? It's, ne- it's never simplistic and it's never categorical. There's a big part of me that loves sharing Torah. There's a big part. But there's a big part of me that loves praise. So it's, it's, it, I'm doing it, but it's lowly shmoa. It's not for the total right reasons. It's tainted. There's a component to it which is impure. You follow? But from, for, from your perspective, the actions of one doing it for pure motivations and the one doing it for impure motivations aren't always visible. It may look exactly the same. Ultimately, in the course of time, it will probably become visible, and certainly in it will become very visible. But right now, it's not possible. So that's what Rav Desla says, is that the shayesh, the root of what we do, is at a place before it, it starts off sequentially prior to the actions the actions are a result of everything we do in our life is really a portrait of who we are The way of it, Volby says this is that if you want to know what you are wait until you're 70 and look back and see what you've done and what you've done is what you are that's the greatest description of what you really wanted. So people that, when they, you know, people who are always saying, I wish I had more time for my family, I wish I had more time to do this, I wish I had more time to do that, they're lying. They're lying. If they wanted to do that, they would do that. If they wanted to do that, whatever you do is your deepest want. What you they land up doing is your deepest want.
1: They wanted to do that, but the circumstances made it unable.
0: It's not true. It's not true. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. What do you mean? Give they me an want, example.
1: They wanted to... People spend time with their family, but the financial holidays didn't
0: allow it. So, if you say that, it depends on priorities. For example, they really want. Family had to eat. If they really wanted to spend time with their family, so maybe they could get a different kind of job, which they'd have less money for X, Y, and Z, but more time to spend with. So then you say to him, No, but no, but but then I wouldn't have money to to go on holiday at the end of the year. So then, okay, so then. So that's your priority, so right? had
1: kids and to pay for schooling and food and clothes, they'd have to work and don't have eight hours kids a day, so that they're really good.
0: You always have choices. You always have choices. You, a, a, a always have choices.
1: you always have choices.
0: You always have choices. You always have choices. I can assure you you always have choices. There's, n- there's never a don't time in your life that you don't have choices. There's always choices. We completely, because of this, it's so habituated in us, we think our choices are limited. It's because we don't want to think about the alternatives. <coughs> There's nothing stopping us from doing anything. Really. Alex. First, Alex. I'm just going to me on that subject.
1: But I, I was just, it's, the first paragraph is contradictory to what Ramchal says about like acting and then you feel it.
0: Ramchal says in Mislith Hashim. In Zrezus, how Chitsonius Moererius is that by performing an external act, you awaken an inner feeling. So, if a person is feeling that he's not enthusiastic, he's not enjoying mitzvahs, if he behaves in a way which demonstrates enthusiasm, he will automatically feel the enthusiasm towards the mitzvahs. So, Alex is pointing out that you see that it works both ways. It's not only that the, the, the heart guides the actions, the actions can actually influence the heart. So that's the question he's raising. Great question. We're not going to deal with it right now, but that's a great question. Simcha.
1: Gavi's question is a lot stronger than than what you've made it out to be, because at the end of the day, you know, um, a person, you say a person's not limited. If he wants to spend time with his family, he can spend time with his family. But at the end of the day, there are other things that play a factor in that. There are other things that will influence how much time he can spend with his family, how much time he can dedicate to what he actually wants
0: to do. So it may not be that if a person... what he
1: wants to do in actual reality is bound... It, it it's is, but, but it's...
0: it's, 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 it's priori- so say for example, Simrush, say for example, the person is an accountant, wants to spend more time with his family, but he works a job where he has to leave the house at 7 and he has to come back at 8. And his children are asleep by that time. So what does he do? So you're right, he can't leave his job tomorrow and say, I'm going to spend time with family and then everyone's going to get... No, they no, have no yeah. food. But if he really wants to spend time with his family, he can think about creative plans. He can think about doing different kinds of jobs. You can think about finding a job that the job, that the job has a component of the flexi-hours and you can work from 10 till 2 in the morning. And then you'll be home for bedtimes with these kids. How much is he willing to put into it? He can get a job as a night shift worker in some kind of new profession where they'll pay him double rates and then he can be there so when his kids wait. Do you understand? But the person yeah, that's going too far. I don't want, in other words, I don't want to spend time with family that much. It's always a question of priorities. You always have choices. Always.
1: Yeah, but the sacrifice that you make for, it, like the sacrifice that you make for it that would seem the norm, and then the sacrifice that you make for that is like completely. In other words,
0: how important is it to you? That's the question. How important is it to you? If it's super, super important, so then it will happen. If it's not super important, then it right, won't. I agree with you. Question is how important it is. But if if, that, if you say to me that's your ultimate priority, so you make it happen. And if you say to me, it's my ultimate priority, is this not happening? So then you're lying. It's not your ultimate priority. That's what I'm pointing out. I'm not saying right, wrong. I'm not valuing. I'm not judging. I'm saying that's it. Right? There's always options. Person that says, for example, I'll give you a practical example two cities, London, Manchester person says he finds it really hard, he never has any time to learn, he lives in London, he has to be on the tube by 7.30, he gets to work at 8.30, and by the time he gets back, it's 9, he's absolutely exhausted, he can maybe get half an hour at night. He says, have, I've got no time to learn. And the only reason, if I don't, this is a normal job, and with this job, I'm just paying my rent, and making it through. So I can't like, look to get a lower job, because then I won't be able to pay my rent. Get a lower rent house? You can't, you can't, you can't get a low rent house. He's got the lowest rent house. What'd you do? So therefore he's he's annoying us, right? He's annoying Well, not really. Because he could move to Manchester, where the commute time is a fraction, where the work demands are far less, and he could learn for two hours a night happily. One second, one second, one second. So if the ultimate priority would be learning, he would think out of the box you think out of the box and you'd say, I'm willing to give up everything to get that. So when he doesn't do that, I'm not saying he doesn't value learning, I'm saying it's not the ultimate priority. If a person's you know, you can, you can you can move to you can move to you can move to Phoenix, Arizona. You can you know, you can move to you can move to you can, you can there's always there's always a way out. There's always a way out. If you think creative, you can do anything, really you can do anything you may not be able to do it today but you could f- whatever you do ultimately is because the thing if you say there's something that you want to do and you're doing it it's because your life as it stands is more valuable to you the way it stands you want to do this more than that it's clear it's absolutely clear people that really want to do things they really do things right? okay so that's what you're saying okay again it depends on w- so, of course, there's natural disasters. There's natural disasters where, where you, know, well, you know, you want to spend time with your, your family and they're dead. So, it's, it's, it's a problem. You can't. Okay. <laughs> but, but I'm talking about within the normal course of life. Seda? Good. So, that's the first point he makes. In other words, the shoresh of the pulais, the shoresh of what you do is in your life. What you are is what you do. What you are is what you do.
1: I, I just had a question on what we were talking about earlier. You know, when you were talking about learning, um, for some reason, I know I, I always keep on coming back for more, for more learning. I keep on making sure that I make it in time for Gomorrah uh, uh, year and <clears throat> I know that there's something. I know that there's something deeper that's that that's happening. But but we we're, we we're, we're trying to. Make that more mm. revealed, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do you do with that? Like, you know, going back to the previous point. Yeah.
0: Okay, it's a good question. We 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 trying to get there, slightly, slightly.
1: you You
0: impatient? No, no. Good. So be patient.
1: Okay. Be patient.
0: So now let's let's see where this goes. Rav is. So now Seichel VeLeif begins the next paragraph, and he says the following thing. The seichel. Now, this is a very interesting point because one would think this is totally counterintuitive. He says your seichel, your intellectual mind, is unable to teach you the correct path. Meaning, by logical evaluation, taking taking into consideration all the variables and coming up to conclusion will not help you to find what the true way to go is. Because you're going after your heart. The heart, in other words, people mistakenly think that they choose in their minds. You don't choose in your mind. You choose in your heart. Say it in more modern terminology. Who, 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 Who makes decisions in life? Not the nefesh. Not the conscious mind, the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind really calls the shots. The subconscious mind is how you make your decisions. subconscious mind is invisible. It's extremely, extremely, extremely powerful. And no matter what you say in your mind, and no matter what rationalizations you have, you go with what's underneath. So let's call it for the moment, for want of a better terminology, that you're going after your lave. A person whose heart wants truth, so his intellect will be straight, and his actions will walk in the way of both his mind and his sechel and his heart in seichel. But if his heart is stuck, addicted to different desires, his seichel will follow it. There are those where it's so powerful, the tiver that you completely cast off any yoke, relinquish any responsibility. And there are those that say, it's not that I'm throwing off my responsibilities, I'm just reading that I'm not responsible for that thing. Or in I'm unable to do it. To make himself consistent, to make you rationalize what he's doing. At the end of the day, your conclusion will be according to where your heart desires, what your subconscious feels. But a person lives in a sense of delusion that he imagines his decisions are actually truthful, and when he makes a decision, he thinks he's following what's truthful and right. But time is there, and the reason is because a person, when he when he looks at himself. He sees, Oh, I know I want this. And then he says, And it's amazing, because what I want is actually what makes the most sense. (laughs) Such an interesting overlap that what I want is actually the right thing to do. I fancy that. That's how we process it. We don't say, If I want it, so then the chances are I'm not thinking straight. We say, I want it, and look at that. It makes sense he doesn't understand the relationship between what he wants and what he thinks and he doesn't understand that the reason why he's making this decision is because of the way that his heart is directed he has to hide this from himself in order to avoid himself looking like a liar in his own eyes we got we we, we, we got we we got we we've got an extremely sophisticated defence mechanism to make sure we don't look bad in our own eyes. How do we ever make a decision? Oh, so obviously that's what he's gonna be discussing. We do make decisions, how do we ever make a conscious decision? How do we ever make a true decision? True, 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 true. That's why the postuk says that the, that comes from the kidneys. What a funny place for a to come from! In other words, the Eitzah, the way that—in other words, he uses it as an analogy—they come from a place you don't even see where the kidneys. Where are they? The kidney, right? I similar to So the kidneys always present a hidden route to an action. So that's where it comes from. Zimash Armrzal. I'm Hashem, that investigates the heart and I check the kidneys. The Yalkut says, Why does the Kodesh Bukhu mention heart and kidneys more than any other limbs, organs? Because the eyes follow after the heart. And the ears follow after the heart. And all 248 limbs follow the heart. And since... The kidneys give their counsel based on the heart That's why it doesn't mention only them The Lev concludes makes a decision The Eitzah comes after the Ratsun So this is really something before which the is Before the action So this is really interesting This means that there's this whole underworld that we're living with that's really pushing us and guiding us. And everything that we, we process consciously, at this point, we'll see where it goes with this, it's fascinating, is just um, in line with what we want. It's only in line with what we want.
1: In the sense we so there, there, should never be, there should never be dissonance. So in no other, other words... There is dissonance.
0: Okay, that's a good point. But it's, it's really interesting to think that Basically. You could easily be living a lie. Could easily be living a lie. Like so we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to see where this takes us at this point in time. It's, oh. not, it's not looking really uh, promising. But you never know, hopefully we'll take a turn for the good.